Welcome to Get on the Mend from Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. I'm your host, Melissa Whitfield. You'll notice that we've changed our podcast name slightly, and that's to better reflect the current pandemic. We want you and your family to get healthy and stay healthy. So with evidence-based advice from physicians, healthcare providers, and researchers, take charge of your health. Should you wear a mask in public? How does it relate to your health and to those around you? That's our topic for the next couple of episodes. In this one, TTUHSC Executive Vice President, School of Medicine Dean, and Infectious Disease Physician, Dr. Stephen Burke will uncover the science behind the masks. Dr. Burke, thank you for doing this podcast. What can you tell us about infectious diseases, particularly this coronavirus and how masks, wearing masks in public, helps prevent that? Well, the coronavirus is a, a very unusual virus and a real problem because it is very contagious and it affects young people. And often those young people who are infected, their symptoms are very minor. They may not have any symptoms at all, or they may develop symptoms over a few days, but still be infectious. And so that's why masks become so important as compared to other diseases. When we took care of patients with Ebola or patients with smallpox, we knew they had that disease, but with coronavirus, we don't know everyone who's actually infected. And so somebody who feels pretty good could go to a bar or could go to a church and could infect everybody there. And that's why masks have become so incredibly important for this disease. Because if, you're, if someone is wearing a mask who does have COVID and they run into somebody who also is wearing a mask, it's unlikely that an infection will be uh, transmitted from one person to another when both are masked. So what, what are the differences among masks? Yes, there, there are some major differences. The, the most uh, effective mask is what we call an N95 mask. And it's very, very effective because it's been made to have so many intertwining fibers that bacteria and viruses really can't get through it. So this is what physicians use when they're t- taking care of patients who are covid positive or when they're taking care of patients who are high risk for being COVID positive. But not everybody can wear N95 masks because uh, they're they're hard to put on. Uh, They need to be decontaminated and there's not enough of them for the public. So the N95 masks are for physicians who are in the highest level of concern about COVID-19. Then we have the surgical masks, which everyone has seen, the light blue masks. They're also woven well, so they protect to some extent, but not nearly as well as the N95 masks. And then now, most important, we have the cloth masks that we're recommending for 
the entire public to wear. We've never made a recommendation like this before until COVID-19. In fact, the CDC didn't recommend cloth masks for everyone until April 3rd. <clears throat> but we now know if everyone in the community wears a cloth mask, it will really decrease the likelihood of a surge of infection. So do masks, cloth masks particularly, do they protect the person wearing the mask or do they protect people around the person wearing the mask? Right. So they really, to some extent, protect both. Mostly they protect the person that's around the uh, individual wearing the mask because when they cough or sneeze or speak loudly, the airborne droplets, which are full, filled with viruses, are gonna get trapped inside the mask to some extent. Maybe not completely, but to some extent. So the mask, the cloth masks, does a good job of preventing somebody from transmitting infection. But if someone coughs on the individual who has, is wearing the mask, it will be somewhat protective as well. So the mask does both. It protects the individual who's wearing the mask and it protects those around him. What would you say to someone who claims that they have a hard time breathing with a mask on? The major reassurance is that this is one thing that has been studied. So nobody's oxygenation actually goes down with the mask and nobody's carbon dioxide goes up. And there's no danger in wearing uh, masks. Some neurosurgeons, you know, are wearing a mask in the OR for 14 or 16 hours straight when they do a surgery. But I do understand uh, that you feel uncomfortable. I mean, I feel uncomfortable too with the mask, but you get used to it and you're not gonna be wearing it uh, all of the time. You're gonna be wearing it when you're close to other people. You'll be wearing it mostly when you're within six feet of other people. And you know, when you're at home or you're in an office by yourself, you don't have to wear it. When you're walking outside or jogging in the park, you don't have to wear it if you're not around a lot of other people. But for the most part, I think most people can get used to wearing a cloth mask. And is a cloth mask enough or should people also wear a face shield and gloves? No, I think what we're recommending for the public is a cloth mask, trying to stay six feet apart from people, try not to be in large groups, and try to wash your hands often. I think that is, uh, that's our most important, and using a hand sanitizer, those are most important. We're not, we're not really talking about uh, wearing gloves. So even if a person doesn't show any symptoms, is it a good idea for them to wear a mask? Yes. Someone is wearing a mask. First of all, even though they don't have symptoms, there is a possibility that they are in, have an infection 
or that they will be developing an infection over time and that they're infectious. So yeah, they have to wear a mask to protect other people. So we recommend that everybody wears a mask, even healthy people in the community still wear a cloth mask when they're going out and mingling with people, especially if they're gonna come within six feet of other people. Is there an age range of people who should be wearing masks or, or someone who mm-hmm. shouldn't wear a mask? Children under two, the recommendation from American Pediatric Society is that they do not wear masks. Uh, people who, uh, let's say, have uh, some problem, mental problem, to the point where they wouldn't know how to take a mask off, uh, they shouldn't probably shouldn't be wearing masks. The older you are, the more you should be wearing a mask in public. That's, those are the most important individuals. Of all of the predisposing factors to COVID infection, the most prominent one is age. We really worry about those over 65 years of age. Those are the individuals who, if they do get infected, are much more likely to wind up hospitalized or on a ventilator. And that's where the mortality from COVID comes from, uh, mostly in the elderly, people over 70 or even worse, people over 80. They're the most prone to have a, a serious infection with COVID if they do get COVID infection. So how often do you recommend switching out masks, whether they're a cloth mask or a surgical mask? That's a very good question. The the data on that really isn't very good, but most of the experts recommend that with a cloth mask, every day after you're using it, you just uh, throw it into the washing machine and dry it, dry heat. And that would be the ideal to wash your mask every day, or if you have lots of cloth masks, which some people do, then you just exchange one for the other each day. So which is more effective, maintaining social distance or wearing a cloth mask, if you could only do one or the other? (laughs) (laughs) So that's a tough one. They complement, they really complement each other. Uh, The two together, give us the most confidence that somebody is not going to get infected. We all worry a little bit about the six foot distance is an estimate of if somebody coughs or sneezes, you know, we know that that that, uh, droplet, that aerosol, you know, can go at least six feet. And that's where the six feet come to but we don't want to depend totally on on the six foot. So that's why we want to both have the mask and the six foot distance. So they're kind of equally important. And then adding to it is a problem that you can also uh, get the infection from shaking hands with somebody or if somebody secretions on a, a piece of furniture or a cabinet and you touch that 
and then your hands touch your face, it could bring the virus into your mouth and nose. So that's another way of the virus getting to you from one person to your hands, to your mouth or nose. And so that's why we also say as kind of the third piece to wash your hands often and use a hand sanitizer. At other times during flu season or cold season, I don't remember a time where we've uh, heard about washing hands as often or hand sanitizer or wearing a mask. Why, why is it more important now than, than, or than flu season, in other words? Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it was always good advice to wash your hands frequently in flu season, but I guess we understand now there really are a lot of differences between this coronavirus and influenza. The coronavirus is much more contagious. It's much more likely to go from one person to another. That's the major reason, <clears throat> but also patients with influenza weren't asymptomatic, that makes a big difference too, because we could tell people with influenza, when you got sick, just stay home. And we didn't have to worry as much that they would have influenza, but not know it and not be symptomatic. And so that is, that is the major difference. And coronavirus, even though everyone says it's not <clears throat> very virulent, it still is probably more virulent than influenza because the mortality from influenza was way less than 1%, but the mortality from coronavirus seems to be, depending on the circumstances, is, is more than definitely more than 1% of people who have it die. So those are the reasons that it really is different than influenza. So what's the most effective thing that we can do if we're out in public? I would say the most effective thing is not to be in large groups. I think that's where the danger comes from. If you're in a group of 100 people, there's going to be a lot of danger that somebody is COVID positive. And then second is to wear a mask, to stay six feet away. But staying six feet away in a very large group, it's easy to say that, but it doesn't really happen. And then to wash your hands and to use a hand sanitizer. Those are the best ways of protecting. And we know that that works now. We, we, it's become pretty obvious. Countries that really started doing social distancing and wearing masks very early, like Japan and Hong Kong, they didn't have the problem. And actually we're seeing right now in the last few weeks, big difference between states that do social distancing and individuals in those states wearing a mask versus states where social distancing isn't occurring, bars are open, Restaurants are crowded, people don't wear a mask. You can predict which uh, states are gonna have the biggest problem. How soon before things get back to normal? 
I mean, we don't really know what the future is going to be. I think one thing that's very important that people do need to know is when they're making these sacrifices of not being in large groups and wearing a mask, it's temporary. I mean, life is definitely not going to be like this forever. We just don't know exactly how long it will actually be. And we don't know how long it'll be before there's a vaccine which will change everything. So we make these sacrifices now and uh, we hope that we won't have to continue to make these sacrifices for much longer. There's lots of you know things you can do safely. I mean, you can go for a walk. There's a lot of outdoor activities where you're not really running into people within six feet. And even a restaurant, if it's done properly, it could be okay. You know, if you're, if you are six feet apart, you're wearing a mask, the waiters are wearing a mask. Of course, you have to take your mask off when you eat. You know, it's not as safe as eating at home, but it's probably relatively safe if all of these guidelines are uh, followed. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I will say that on the positive side, there are more and more treatments that are potentially beneficial. We've learned more about how to take care of COVID patients. ICU physicians tend not to put them on ventilators quite so fast. They know there's a lot of issues with clotting and uh, uh, knowing when to use uh, treatment that will prevent clotting, blood thinners. Uh, they've learned that sometimes patients do better <clears throat> when they're in the prone position. <clears throat> we have some drugs like remdesivir and possibly dexamethasone that seem to improve seriously ill patients' condition. Uh, we at Texas Tech, we're using convalescent serum both in Lubbock and Amarillo, it's too soon to say whether using the serum of people who have already been exposed to COVID-19 is helping, but it may be a, another treatment. <clears throat> and then we know that there's at least 10 clinical trials going on to evaluate a vaccine. And there's many, many people from all over the country, some of the best scientists in the world looking at trying to develop, not only develop a vaccine, but to do it rapidly by the end of the year or the beginning of January. And that should make a huge difference. So those are all sort of positive, hopeful ways of looking at COVID-19. Well, thank you so much for answering our mask questions on our podcast and helping debunk some myths out there and enlightening us on how it's a good idea to wear a mask out in public. Well, thank you, Melissa. It's been good to talk to you. And uh, I'm glad we got to discuss some of these important issues. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Get On The Mend. Make sure to listen to our next episode featuring guest Jeff Dennis, Assistant Professor in the Department of Public Health in the TTUHSC Graduate School of Biomedical Sciences. Dr. Dennis will give us the public health aspect to wearing masks. This information is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. 
Always seek immediate medical advice from your physician or your healthcare provider for questions regarding your health or medical condition. Get on the Mend is brought to you by Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center.